comes the, here comes the, here comes the, y'all don't really worry like Welcome back to the Moneyline Madness Podcast. I'm Andrew. Here's Steven. Yo. Here's Matt. How we doing? Everybody ready to talk some football? Oh, yes, hoops, sir. And some uh, NASCAR, too. Everybody's ready to go? Don't forget the golf. Don't forget the golf. Oh, I can't forget the golf, of course. All right, so you guys want to get started with a little football? We had a big weekend. A couple of conference championship games. Both, I think, did all of us go one and one I went one on one. I believe Matt said he yeah. went one on one. Yeah, I was one on one. Took the Chiefs and took the Rams. Yeah, I think we all did that. So uh, unfortunately, one and one, all of us. And uh, I was completely wrong. I said the Chiefs were going to go uh, walk into the Super Bowl. They did not. Matt, what do you think? I mean, I dude, I'm obsessed with Joe Barrow, honestly, and it's not just because he's a handsome man. Um, I mean, he just could do no wrong. It seemed I, like coming back from 21 in that position. You don't see it happen, like especially with a young quarterback like that. To lead a team, and I mean, I know his defense took over for that second half, but to lead a team the way he did, you know, he had to make plays, and he didn't make a single bad play while also getting sacked. How many was it? Eight times, eight or nine times in that game. Like it was he got something ridiculous. He got sacked a lot during yeah. the playoffs to this point. That's all I know. He got sacked nine times by the time. That's my biggest fear. I think going into their game against the Rams, how many times he's going to be on his ass? Absolutely. Like, because, I mean, after an ACL injury, you don't want to see that guy, you know, running all over the place. And he did take off multiple times, not sliding, you know, put his head down and kind of got to it. Him and Mahomes, they, they, they scare me with how much they try to make something, and then it turns out to be nothing. Like, Mahomes had multiple times where he'd run away, and he'd just throw it away. Like, just just relax just and settle. throw it away. Just, yeah, sometimes it's okay relax, to settle. Yeah. But I really do like the uh, the Bengals right now, and I think that... Their defense proved to be legitimate. I mean, you take down the Chiefs, that's no easy task. So I think that uh, they're going to be a good matchup. I think that a lot of people are kind of counting them out against a powerhouse Rams team. But I'm really curious to see how they do. I uh, I like Joe Burrow a lot. What about you, Steve? I look at that game, and just like the Titans, I believe the Chiefs just dropped their opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Like. The Bengals are a team of destiny, it seems like, at this point, especially with the tale of two halves that took place in that Chiefs game. Like They look destined to lose by 30 points in the first half, and then in the second half it was just a complete change. Their defense came out to play. Joe Burrow made a lot of fantastic throws. It interests me that you guys talk about the pass rush because I personally thought that the pass rush of the Chiefs was lacking, especially that one play where Jones was going after Burrow. He missed his opportunity to take him down twice. And from that point on, I just kind of thought the entire game, like, they don't deserve to win. And then compound that with the way that Mahomes played, his franticness, for lack of a better term, I just, I was shocked. And I picked against the Bengals every week. So that kind of goes even further in my point of saying that I'm shocked. But ultimately, I just don't think that they're going to be able to give the Rams enough to ultimately take them down. I just think that they've gotten lucky every week. You you said you picked against them. I had my lock against the Bengals twice, and they <laughs> beat whoever they played. So yeah, I think we all picked against. It them just seems lock. like at this point, like you said, it seems like they're destined to win. They just have they're having that Cinderella season at this point. Like I'm not going to put it against them you know, to you know come in and show out, especially on a big stage like this. Matt Stafford has never seen a platform as big as the Super Bowl, so let alone as far as he's gotten. So you know, I really can see, although. 
like you said, it's a long shot. I can see uh, a competitive game here. Well, let's talk about that game as well, because I feel like we've shined a lot of light on the Bengals and the Chiefs game, but we didn't really talk about the Niners and the Rams. The Niners, another team that really dropped a beautiful opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, and legitimately, Joukowsky Tart dropped an opportunity with nine minutes left in that game. If if you ask me, and I know you two feel the same, if he intercepts that ball, ninety five percent chance they're Absolutely. going to the Super Bowl because they're going to be able to just run the clock out and leave Stafford with minimal amount of time to make a play. But obviously, it didn't go that way, and I do think that the Rams are a better skill wise team than the Bengals, but I believe at the end of the day that they both have kind of gotten lucky to be where they are right now absolutely and i feel like that's half of the battle though you know that in the playoffs no matter what way you look at it in any sport the team that comes out on top they came out on top because all the chips fell their way you know whether it be injuries whether it be luck like that happening in a game you know an insane catch that you know comes off a batted ball something like that like the julian edelman catch yeah like you know you see things like that and it tends to be the reason games are won or lost. So it does happen. And at this point, honestly, I just do my best to try and take it into account and see if we can make up for it. Because when I saw some, you know, some just a little bit of glitter coming from those bangles, I was like, yo, I got to ride them. And I did see that same thing coming from San Francisco, which is exactly why they've been my pick the past couple weeks. But like he said, when they drop a ball like that, you're not going to win the game. You know, you're just absolutely you get those opportunities, you know, to make that game ceiling catch or play. And you just literally drop the ball. So, yeah, you know, it's very rare. There was kind of two teams of destiny. One of them won, one of them drop the ball literally you could even call the bills dude the bills had a great the bills should have won that game as yeah, well that's, you know that's a whole nother yeah, story they but could fit you're in not there. wrong yeah i mean i was obviously rooting for the niners even though i picked the rams for obvious reasons but i was i was very surprised at how it went from they could move the ball a little bit with jimmy and then literally in the fourth quarter, I don't know how many yards they had, but it couldn't have been many. Like, they did not. They refused. They were very scared. Like, yeah, last, visibly. I mean, the Rams last. definitely made adjustments, but I think another reason that happened, and Matt and I talked about it in our group chat over the week, is as everybody saw that was watching the game, Aaron Donald took the defense aside and gave him a pep talk that if you listened to it on Twitter and if you were able to find footage of that, you it want to run through a wall. Yeah, exactly. Literally. Like, if you don't get inspired by that, then yeah. you got to go to your doctor and check your pulse well, because he, as, I think he really stirred them up and got them going in that second half. Absolutely. As great as the pass rush was, I got to say, Jimmy looked horrible. Like, he, well, some of he the passes he was throwing. Yeah, he's not a, he's yeah. not a franchise quarterback that's taking you it's to simple. the NFC Championship It's game, simple. And know? he had a quote where he said, I want to go to a team that's hungry to win. Well, where were you, dude? Like, your team was in the conference championship. They were hungry to win. They I wanted to win. I I know what you're saying, but I think he kind of knows that he's not that guy as well. well. I mean, he's had opportunities like this. The Niners are a good team. I mean, their defense carried them last year, you know, and the year before that, they were able to make it as far as they did just purely off of their defense. So now, I mean, they really needed a bare minimum out of him coming in that fourth quarter, and he couldn't even produce that. So I think that he's going to kind of go to a different team, like maybe Washington, Carolina type, and just kind of search for something, maybe be a bridge quarterback, literally like Teddy Bridgewater has uh, found himself. But I'm not expecting much out of Jimmy G in the next couple years. Yeah, I know we don't want to spend much time on the Niners, but all I'd say to him is, is there's a lot of teams that draft quarterbacks, but if you're in that spot and you have a young quarterback behind you and you're starting, get over it and win the game. 
and that's he didn't do that. He seemed like he was distracted. So yeah, I think to to your ultimate point, it seems like him making that comment is almost a little bit of a petty stab in the back because he knows ultimately with them taking Trey Lance number three overall that they don't have the faith in him, the long-term faith. Is it justified on their behalf? I believe so because of the fact that he's constantly putting the ball in jeopardy. He constantly makes bonehead plays. He's constantly playing at an average level. So I think it goes both ways. I can understand why he feels a little bit petty about the situation because they drafted Trey Lance, but I can also completely understand where the Niners are coming from with needing to have a quarterback who can make the plays in the critical moments to win games like that against the Rams. And yeah. if you guys are cool with it, I think that segues us into a perfect opportunity to kind of lay out what the odds are for the Super Bowl coming up next week. Obviously, things are going to change within that week. Injuries can happen. Things can come to light that maybe people aren't aware of at the moment. But right now, looking like the Rams and the Bengals, Rams are sitting at minus 4.5 on the spread. Bengals are at plus 4.5. So if you guys want to just take a moment to talk about that, in my opinion, it's right on the line for me where I don't feel comfortable to take the Rams to cover that minus four and a half because the Bengals have kept things so close. I know I picked against the Bengals every week, and I know that ultimately I am going to pick the Rams to win this game, I think, but I believe I would have to take the Bengals to cover the four and a half because I think it could end up being a three-point game at the end of the day. Yeah, I really am conflicted, and honestly, I've been looking at the alternate spreads for the past few minutes just because of that same reason. I think that these games have just fallen so close that I could see a field goal winning it. No doubt. And, you know, it stinks that a field goal decides the game in so many of these uh, great, like, playoff matchups, but I'm also looking at, you know, I think the Rams will ultimately come out on top as much as I love the Joe Burrow hype train. So I was just looking at something like Rams minus 2.5 for 170, like, that seems like right now minus 170 yeah minus 170 that seems like the easiest cover and i know it's something light but like you said like i think it's just going to come down to a one possession game really i think it's whoever finds themselves unable to put the ball in the end zone or come out with points after a drive that's going to lose that game yeah gotta be honest this might be the best kicking matchup we've ever seen in a super bowl i think they're probably mcpherson they're both one one through four of kickers they're really good so but and I do think a field goal. Would you give probably, the edge to though? Oh well, because of momentum, because I know Matt Gay's missed a few lately. I, yeah, would, I would probably go McPherson. Go McPherson. Yeah. Also, but he's a rookie, so that's gonna be a situation for him. But Flashback I don't. Flashback to Jake Elliott. Per, oh season, yes, yes, taking us to the Super Bowl. Great, yeah. yes, he's Gilbert. really falling off, huh? Um, but no, <laughs> in in terms of this game, I the the main thing is, can they control the line? Like, is is Aaron Donald, Von Miller, are they gonna be? on Joe Burrow the entire game because if they are then they have no shot I mean the Bengals won't be able to get anything done on offense if they can't block those two and it's gonna be very difficult they're very good obviously great players so and that's not even the entire defense you know they got guys no, all yeah. around yeah. the field they just brought back Eric Weddle now you know they Ramsey, got Jalen Ramsey who's like, gonna be on chase are, the entire absolutely. game they could run blitzes with those guys constantly you know they love hitting hard so I yeah. wanted to pose that to you guys since we're talking about coverage and the receivers Matt, you and I talked about this earlier. There's a prop out there for Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup to combine for 200-plus receiving yards at plus 115. But even beyond that, I just kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts or opinions on who's going to, since I just said Ramsey's going to probably line up against Chase the entire game, who's going to mitigate and stop T. Higgins from becoming a real problem for the Rams? Absolutely. I think that that, uh, that's going to be, yeah, no, that's going to be a big problem for them. And honestly, I don't know how healthy uh, Uzoma is, but he's 
shown that he could be that guy too. He's a tough, big tight end that I could. I think uh, he is out. He my is assu- out. Yeah. I think it was too. I think it was a knee, right? It's my assumptions. He's out. Yeah. Oh, he was on crutches for sure. That's. Yeah. I can't remember if it was a knee or a foot, but I think he's out, which means Sample will be starting tight end for them. I just. I'm not really even necessarily like. I don't know who the Rams' second corner is, but I don't see them being able to friggin' stop. Higgins, like no one has proven no, that they absolutely. can when no, the attention is given 100% to Jamar Chase, they're probably going to end up doubling. You still have Tyler Boyd on. too yeah, in Tyler there. Tyler Boyd's also there. That's, they have a three-headed monster that's yeah. really tough to stop. I think it ultimately will come down, like Andrew said, to that offensive line and if they could hold Von Miller yeah. and Aaron Donald. Because if you couldn't hold, and in respect to the Titans, their pass rush is really good. It's one of the better ones in the um, AFC. It doesn't compare to the Rams. They have the best pass rush probably in the league. So it doesn't compare, and they sacked them nine times. So I don't want to see Joe Burrow on his ass eleven times. It might happen. I don't. When like, you say they sacked them nine times, are you talking about the Titans? The Titans. Okay. okay. Have a good, they have a good pass rush, but it nobody has a pass rush comparable to the, the Rams. Rams. I don't yeah. think. No, I mean, I mean just, Von yeah. Miller and Aaron Donald alone. Yeah, that it's ridiculous. So, but on the flip side, what you were talking about, who's covering Higgins? Who, who's who's covering Odell? All right, they, who's covering Cooper Cup? Like. Who's your number one on, on Cincinnati? Who well, would you get? They got to? Eli Apple. <sighs> yeah, he was burnt toast the other day. He he also dropped an interception that the thing about the, the Bengals earlier. defense is that, like we had mentioned, luck has gotten them a decent part of the way. They have so, a very good safety. I know that. Bates. Um, Bates. I yeah, think of his they name have right. about three or four guys who are above average on that defense, and everybody else is just a solid role player who does their job. And I think that's the reason that they've found success is because everyone kind of just does their job right now, and they don't have that Aaron Donald, Von Miller type of guy on the edge to really get them in there in the trenches. So I think that they're going to have to really rely on Matt Stafford making an error and kind of feeding them a pick or something like that just kind of to really bring the game back to the Bengals' side for momentum. Yeah, if you said about the other the, them, if you can't cover – if you can cover Cooper Cup, great, but then you have Odell. So are you going to do that thing where one's being covered, one's wide open, and vice versa? That's my hope that they don't. And the super that can't happen in the super. No, it can't you know, happen. Mistakes like that can absolutely not happen. And one thing that I found was really difficult when looking at bets is that none of these guys really have experience like that in this big of a stage. You know, you look at back at the Super Bowls throughout the past couple of years. It's a Tom Brady type of guy in there. You know, it's a veteran going up against a young guy. It's somebody you at least have some type of background on experience that you could look back and say, well, you know. In the playoffs, this guy is notorious for choking. Or Tom Brady, this guy, you know. Tom Brady, you cannot give this guy any time on the clock. Pat Mahomes, not even 13 seconds on the clock you could give him. Matt well, Stafford, I think Stafford's proven that over the last couple of games, though. I mean, he won I the game do, against the Bucs. I do think that – I don't – I think that we can take that into account his past few games. But between him and Burrow, I don't feel safe enough with their history or lack thereof to just put a confident kind of even my lock of the week on one of them just for that reason. I just don't have anything to kind of look back on and fall back and say, well, you know, he's done this in the past besides these past couple games both ways that um, I could say this makes me confident to feel that he could perform in the Super Bowl. I'll say for for confidence, I think Matthew Stafford's been doing this long enough. It's not going to get to him. I think with Burrow, yeah, I do think that there's not I, – I have confidence in him. He's a great player, but – He's young, so and this is his what second season, so and playing devil's advocate, like what about the NCAA championship? You don't think the championship game could even compare to the Super Bowl and 
kind of the slightest of sense, pressure-wise. It can, but it... In what way? I'm not sure it, I get what you're saying. Just the, the pressure of the, the big stage. Because Matt Stafford is not seen, you know, he hasn't even seen a playoff game in all these years. So for you to say he's been doing this for a while, you mean regular season games, right? True, but yeah, but eventually, I understand what you mean because he's the Super Bowl is different. For a long time. But he's just been that guy. Like for Detroit, I mean, he was that guy. Like he, he's he's... He's got the clutch gene. He's right. He doesn't feel it. Doesn't feel like he feels pressure. And also, Burrow had a quote a couple weeks ago that was, "SEC stadiums are like, are better than NFL stadiums. They're tougher to play in." Look where Matt Stafford went to college. He played in SEC stadiums too. So Frat I mean, Stafford. The, yeah. Truthfully, yeah. if it came down to quarterback play, I couldn't lean one way or the other in saying one guy is going to perform better than the other guy to put his team over the top because they both have played so well as of late specifically. I know Stafford has, excuse me, Stafford has had some problems with turning the ball over, but he hasn't done that in the playoffs. So if he can continue to do that and Burrow can continue to make the plays that he's made in amazing fashion, truthfully, I think that they both give their teams an edge in winning. But getting back to what we were talking a few minutes ago, we were mentioning the lack of, I guess, real big-name talent on the Bengals' defense. But I think we're underestimating what they did against the Chiefs last week because Kelsey and Hill were having their way early on, and they completely shut them out of that game. They were bracketing them. They were getting rough at the line. They were like pushing them off of their routes and making them adjust. And I think I would give them the edge to do that as opposed to the Rams being able to do that to the receiving core of the Bengals, because A, they showed it against a very talented receiving core last week, and B, they kind of have that gritty style, whereas the Rams play more like a single, like Ramsey's his own guy, Donald's his own guy, yeah, Miller's his own guy, exactly. When they're all roaring together, they play very well, but I think the Bengals play more as a as team, a unit. And, and they will have a better game plan, I think, to bracket Cooper Cup, shut him down, or mitigate him as much as they possibly can, and then... Hopefully they're able to one-on-one with Beckham and win those matchups. But like I said, I look at Ramsey lining up against Chase, which is presumably going to happen in that game. I don't know who covers Higgins. I don't know who covers Boyd. I don't know who stops Mixon from coming out of the backfield. That, I believe, could be where the Bengals get their edge. So that's just my two cents on that. Absolutely. And I think that, like we were saying, if the offensive line could give Burrow enough time to kind of analyze the field and make a choice as to who he wants to throw to in that situation, it could be a long game for the Rams. And that's why I really think it comes down to whoever can't put the ball in because these are just offensive just juggernauts of teams. So we're going to be seeing, I think, a lot of points. And the over-under right now is sitting at, uh, 48 and a half so honestly I would probably take the over on that I think it's going to be a relatively high scoring game yeah, I don't I think the defense score. is going to yeah, be I, I could see this being a very I could, I, could, I could also see it being low scoring because Super Bowls are weird like that like everybody's the beginning of a Super Bowl is usually very calm quiet because everybody's kind of feeling it out no doubt and these are coaches where they're not going to be like well, maybe Zach Taylor. McVay's got Super Bowl experience. He though. does. He does. But and that and he, might help him come out more aggressive because his Super Bowl. Yeah. How many maybe points did he score? They in his scored last Super Bowl. three. Right? I don't think he's going to have think, a repeat yeah. of that. So he'll be aggressive. I think Zach Taylor. He can't get caught. Better term. There's better terms of it, but he can't get caught with his pants down here. You can't come into the game not aggressive. You can't start how you started last yeah. week against the Chiefs. Because, because McVay. I, I love Andy Reid. Love Patrick Mahomes. They know they blew it. They they mismanaged that second half 
McVeigh's not doing not that. I don't happen. love McVeigh as a but, as a coach, but he's he's a great coach. Like I don't love him, but he's a great coach. He on knows the how to flip coach. side though, they've proven to giving up leads. Look at what they did against the Bucks. Brady tied that game with very little time left in the fourth quarter and Stafford made a miraculous throw to Cup. You think Brady in knew in his position. head that was his last game? So could have. I'm starting to well, think maybe that nah, was just I mean, a little. I don't know if he knew it was thing. his last game because he tied the game at the end. Like he very well thought they were going to be able to win. Well, that yeah, game. yeah. But, but do you think he knew? Like, hey, my back's against the wall here. I need to will this thing. And and he didn't force the turnovers on defense. But yeah, I don't disagree with you. But yeah. I think that's just how any quarterback thinks when they're yeah. in that spot. Like it's just a natural feeling. Like yeah. right, you're losing the game. You have the ball. Yeah, your back's up against the wall. You got to score. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I, and, and I mean the Rams have gone through it. In all their games in the playoffs, you know, they, they blew a big lead and won, and then they had a big deficit, not a big de- 10 points, but and they won. So, I mean, they've done both things. For the Bengals, they didn't really have a deficit in their first two games that they had to overcome, but they did just overcome a huge one. So, it's it's very even. It's I actually like that. You were talking about the quarterbacks. Like, there's no, like, I have perfect confidence in this guy. I'm glad there's not a Mahomes, there's not a Brady, because then – it's more even to me. Like I'm not, but it's also made it harder as a better. You know, oh, talking sure. about you know who for we sure. think is going to give what? us sure locks in order to make money. That's what I was going to say. In total, is that that is my priority with this episode. Absolutely. That's, so I, as much as I love like what you're saying from the analytical side yeah. of things, and I love the kind of even matchup for the for entertainment sure. aspect of things. If I'm looking at it from a gambler's point of view, this is a hard game purely because of that same reason. Yeah. So I was going to actually ask you guys. Looking at those Super Bowl specials that FanDuel is offering, there's a bunch of them. Um, besides that, Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup combining for 200 yards, if you guys liked any other ones. One of them that I was looking at was um, Evan McPherson to have 8-plus kicking points and Joe Burrow 15-plus rushing yards for plus 250. I think that is kind of pretty easy, relatively easy. What What do you guys the think? Eight, the Just eight racking plus. my brain. I mean, the 8 points... Like Andrew, or Andrew, you go first. Yeah, the eight plus kicking points is what you can hit three field goals. You got nine. You get you can a hit three field goals. So it has you can to hit be two field goals, has, two extra points. That's not, yeah, I think he'll hit eight plus. That and Joe Burrow, hard. fifteen rushing yards. I mean, he's he's been oh, taken yeah. off oh, with yeah, the because ball he's going to have to because he knows he's going to have Aaron Donald. He's certainly going to be so he's, yeah. I would Absolutely. take the fifteen. So for plus two fifty, that seems like a pretty good deal in my yeah. eyes. I, the I eight points is where I kind of struggle because. I know it seems not so many points because, yeah, you could kick two field goals, two extra points. There's eight points right there. But I know exactly what you mean. You could be sitting there at the end of the third quarter and you're like, wow, I need six more points. It's a struggle because the Rams' defense is a great defense. So, not wrong. Are they going to have those opportunities to be in field goal position? And then say they are in an opportunity where they could kick a field goal and it's fourth and two. And they go for it. You're playing the Super Bowl. Do they go for it? Like, you know what I mean? It's it's gut check time. So, though. Three points might not win you the game, but it also could. I mean, it no, seems I, like we're torn on a lot Absolutely, because right you say three points could win you the game, but it could not. Yeah, and then we go back to our exactly, spreads, yeah. and we're taking spreads yeah. that are giving us or taking three points. Well, so it really is just such a close it game. Really is. These entire past like two weeks of football yeah. have just been absolutely so tight. Yeah. So but, I, what are you going to say? Before we move on to hoops, I just want to mention next week because when I last year I bet. 25 bets, $32. So I did a bunch of $1 bets that were, like, high. I do prop bets for the Super Bowl. So next week I'll have, like, five or six of them. Yeah, like, next week we'll be a lot and, more prepared. But I'm not thinking, to... like, prop bets for the game. Like, I'll get you the halftime show length. I'll get you the national anthem length. I got Gatorade color for everybody. So stay tuned. I'm oh, that type of person. Okay. I'm a fun, yeah, as fun things stuff. get a little bit closer, yeah. it's going to be a little next easier week I'll to have predict. You some of those. 
Hopefully. Yeah, um, we were I don't more think... or less setting the table for next week. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that uh, we're going to see a pretty good game regardless of. I hope so because football has been really good lately. I hope it lives up to it. We can change these picks, no doubt. Obviously, you can do whatever you would like. But right now, who are you guys on? I'm on the Rams. Money line? Yeah, just money line. Smashing money line? Whew. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to go with the Rams, unfortunately. Matthew Stafford, damn good dog. I'm going with him, of course. See, like, it pains me. Like, I almost want to go Bengals. Yeah, because I, I feel like I can't, though, because I picked against them every week. And if I'm taking that logic, i got to pick against them one more time. And if they win, I'll feel so great for them. But, like, at the same time, I feel like if I'm like, all right, I picked against them every week, I'm going with the Bengals, then they're just going to get smoked by the Rams, and I'm going to look like an asshole. Yeah, so, like, my gut right now for the Rams money line, it's minus 200, and Bengals money line is plus 168. So I could almost see betting a little bit on the Rams money line, but also hedging a few bones straight to the Bengals just in case. Because at 168, I mean, you're winning some bread. You know, that's not bad. That's that's a pretty decent underdog, in my opinion. They could have made this a flat line, and they, they didn't. So props to Vegas and FanDuel, I guess, on that. But Yeah, it's probably because of the home field advantage. None of us met. I was just about to say that. Wow. None of us mentioned that they're the home yeah, team. I forgot about but that. But let's be honest. There's going to be a lot of Bengal fans. I mean, that's I know the back tickets. back years with a home yep. team. But, yep. but, that, and it's never happened before last year. See, I don't think so. Did wow. you see how many 49er fans were there? Like, I believe like it's expensive to go to the Super Bowl. It's a joke how expensive the tickets are. It's an but, event, like, not a game at that point. Yeah, and that's what that, that kind of pisses me off. But that's talking economy and we don't want to do that but but yeah there's still gonna be a lot of Bengal fans so i mean yeah all righty well <laughs> we'll get way more in depth with the super bowl next episode obviously that'll be three days before the super bowl is due to kick off so if you guys are all cool with it let's take a quick break and when we come back we'll talk some hoops and then we'll probably get into some golf as well and we are back from the break boys let's talk some hoops Start off with the NBA. Got a couple good games taking place tonight. Few that I'm interested in in general would be the Lakers Clippers game, that Bulls game against the Raptors, and the Suns matching up against the Hawks. Anything that you guys are more interested in than those games? Yeah, no, I really like the Suns Hawks game as well. Um, the Bulls Raptors is going to be a good game. I think that the Bulls right now, they're kind of getting guys back healthy. So I can almost see Bulls money line at plus 144 being a little bit of a steal there. Lakers Clippers. Um, I did see that LeBron is hurt right now. I'm not sure if he's going to be playing tonight, so that could be a factor in there. We could be seeing a game where it's literally no LeBron, no Paul George, and no Kawhi Leonard. So, yeah, that's why specifically for that game, I'll recap my parlay at the end. But I'm taking the under in that game because of the lack of talent. Okay, I think that it could end up being one of them like 105 to 82 games you know what i mean yeah absolutely i mean the clippers don't really have much besides paul george and Kawhi. they kind of sold their souls for those two guys so and the lakers are backed up right yeah the lakers and they're also pretty bad i I am uh i'm a big lakers hater truthfully and i like lebron probably like after the 2016 finals when they beat the warriors came back from 3-1 lead i loved lebron and i thought that i just witnessed greatness but at this point in his career i think it's just i'm i'm over it truthfully and i think that he's just kind of pushing himself more than he's pushing to win as a team so for that reason i really am just hating this lakers team and they have my childhood favorite carmelo anthony on there but i'm rooting against them in the long run, honestly, I think that Russ is not a good fit for them. And at this point, they just picked up Paul Millsap, and it's just like, it's what are you doing? Yeah, you know? that's a bit of a we're picking up head old guys or... just for the sake of their name and for Cer- the sake yeah, of his it, resume. I was going to say he certainly you know? had his day 
back he was in Atlanta, right? When they Absolutely. had that squad yeah. team, it was him, Teague, Corver, Carroll, you know, they had uh, Dennis Schroeder, yeah, Al Horford, oh, yeah. Damari Carroll, right? Yeah, they were uh, they were hoopers and they made the playoffs as like literally made the playoffs with zero all stars. Yeah, so that's that's pretty incredible in itself. But yeah. yeah, I'm just not a big fan of this Lakers squad. I think that the Clippers are probably going to take care of them, and I could see that. I mean, if the over under is two twenty, I would probably also smash the under on that, especially if LeBron's not playing. Andrew, would you have thought at the beginning of the year that we'd be saying both L.A. teams? Like right now, the Lakers sit at 25 and 27, so they're two games under 500. And the Clippers are one game under 500 at 26 and 27. Would you have thought that at the beginning of the year? No. More for the Clippers, I didn't expect Paul George to be hurt. For the Lakers, I don't understand what the roster construction was about. I mean, Russell Westbrook and LeBron, they were never going to mesh. I mean, No, it was, it's, it's throwing it's shit at the work. wall hoping it it's, sticks, truthfully. And, and listen, why do they keep, like, I know Russell Westbrook just had a quote yesterday, we're going to be 0-0 when the playoffs start. Well, dude, you're going to have a tougher road are than everybody else because playoffs? you yeah, you have <laughs> like, to make you know? it for, so why do they keep giving him a mic, first of all? But honestly. Great question. It's it, Yeah, I I agree with you in the, stent, in the stance of they are so their roster construction was such a failure in the offseason. That's why I'm not surprised with them. The Clippers, yes. I was surprised when Paul George got hurt. It kind of changed everything. And I also don't think I expected Kawhi to be out the entire time right now. It's unfortunate. But, yeah, I, the only parlay that I have tonight is Bulls-Raptors because I have a college one for okay. the uh, weekend. But I have you, – you know me. I only do over-unders on player points. So I did uh, under 25.5 for DeMar. I think that's – Oh, I'm taking the over on that. Wow, so, yeah, I don't know. So don't with know Zach Levine, tomorrow. I'm going over. I think it's going to be Levine's night. Levine's okay. 24 and a half. So, oh, so you're on close. Levine's points? Levine's going to have it, okay. yeah. And Siakam and Van Vliet both going over. They're, uh, Siakam's 22 and a half. Van Vliet's 20 and a half. I think the Raptors win the game, too. Really? To be honest. Yeah, I do. That's, I have the Raptors. That's crazy to me because I'm literally looking at this and I'm like, how are the Bulls a plus 144 with DeMar and Zach Levine back and with Lonzo the way you think, been playing? No, Lonzo's, Lonzo's out for out. about Do three, you four think more. it's oh, okay. because of, I believe Toronto's playing in front of nobody. Do you think that makes a difference to them that they're saying like Toronto's used to this by now? I mean, if we were talking Julius Randle, maybe, but oh with well, these yeah, guys, he'd be, no. he'd be uh He'd be the uh, Michael Jordan when there's nobody in the crowd. Yeah, no, you know. he puts up wilt stats. Oh, yeah. Bro, He's amazing. Is empty. Not to get too far off topic, but he big homied that dude so bad last night when he was in their huddle and pushing him around. Oh, yeah. And then, like, they were like, the energy has changed here in the garden. I was like, all right, I feel it. I feel it. And then that dude bangs a three. Chunky boy. Yeah. I what his name? Bane? Desmond Bane. Yeah. I mean, Bane's a good player, though. Bro, but so. he is chunky for a guy that especially for, Yeah, for a threes. basketball player. Yeah. And he's got T-Rex arms, too. Yeah, he, yeah he's kind of like... <laughs> Anyways. For those of you that couldn't see, I was just imitating a T-Rex. <laughs> Looking um, to that Suns-Hawks game, I think that there's a lot of money to be made there, honestly. Um, the Phoenix Suns have been on absolute fire. In the last f- uh, few games, Chris Paul has put up 19 assists, 19 assists, 14 assists, 5 assists, and then 15 assists. So for that reason... That's a lot of assists. Yeah, that's a lot of assists. The man is absolutely dishing and swishing. We're to Clyde Fra- uh, Frazier. For that reason, I'm looking at... Chris Paul, 12-plus assists in Phoenix to win the game at plus 172. Um, honestly, if you're not looking for a player performance double, you could just hammer that in the same game parlay. His over for assists right now, uh, he's only sitting at 12.5. 
And honestly, that seems like kind of low for what he's been doing and the way that he's been facilitating. It's Chris Paul. So if when he comes out and he decides that he's just going to be passing the ball, it's an absolute clinic. And playing a team like the Hawks, another point guard like Trey Young, he's going to want to come out and kind of, you know, school this Show kid. him how it's done. Absolutely. I wouldn't hate it either because I'm taking Booker over 29 and a half points in that game. So I certainly would love to see him dishing it to Booker and then him putting it in the net. We will definitely make sure to cut. The Hawks really uh, don't have a a big guy to guard uh, Devin Booker either. Like, you're not putting Kevin Herter on him. You know, you're not going to put John Collins on him. Big homie, Herner. That's what I'm saying. You're not going to put John Collins on him because John Collins is not going to be able to keep up and Booker will just take him to the rack every time. And then you're not going to end up putting Danilo Gallinari because the guy's 50 years old. Before we move off the Hawks, because the trade deadline's coming up. Who do you keep if you're the Hawks and who do you trade? I would assume John Collins is gone. I've right? heard Collins' name being on yeah. the block a lot. But that's because he's talented. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Right now, the NBA trade deadline is so crazy because there aren't many guides that are on the market for me that move the needle that much. In no. They're rare, like it's very rare that there is. And it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, there's one guy in Philly that I think couple teams would love he's that. But then again, he's not, but he seems like needle, he's not but going like, to be gone. Then again, how, how long will it take for him, whatever team he gets on, for him to come in and kind of learn the system, and then by the time they get consistent, and for what kind of more he wants for him, I mean, I don't even know if that's worth it at this point. So I just really think that the Hawks will end up sticking with that Trey Young and Capella just yeah. pick and roll situation. Um, I think that they'll keep DeAndre Hunter, but everybody else will probably end up getting yeah. sold. I think teams that need an upgrade, there's a couple of guards in Boston that can help you, but they're not going to move the needle for you. Like if if Chicago needs a guard right now because Lonzo's hurt, they can go get Dennis Schroeder. There's a couple point guards around there, but there's nobody that's yeah, going they, to yeah, like the change heat, your team like the that. The Heat are interested in like Marcus Smart, and like yeah. it's just it's just not many guys out there that are going to make you a championship contender. Mm-hmm. And when you see teams like the Bucks, the Warriors, the Nets, that when they're full strength, they're absolute juggernauts. I mean, it takes a lot to beat these teams in a series. And just acquiring Marcus Smart or Dennis Schroeder, just well, it you isn't don't have to do say his name you. like that, right? Yeah, I, I really man, guess it depends right? on who you have on your team already. You know what I mean? Maybe you are a piece away like that. Maybe you just need a Schroeder to be able Absolutely, to... no. But like for the Hawks, I don't think the Hawks have anybody that they could give to somebody and you know implant them you know you can't put john collins on the bulls and i don't think that they're better than the bucks still so you know i think that the hawks will ultimately stick with the trey core and then you know they're kind of lost trey's not going anywhere you're they're kind of lost because the worst place to be right now is stuck in the middle of the nba when you have no direction as to absolutely the lakers are in nba hell right now yeah but i i attest that to more or less LeBron. LeBron trying Absolutely. to pull strings. And- That's the cost of LeBron. You look at Cleveland, how they were just in the gutter yep. you know, for so many years until you get Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. So I think that uh, going back to this game, I think that we're going to stick with that Chris Paul uh, assists. I like uh, Clint Capella's rebounds as well. I think that – or actually hmm. – Correct me if I'm wrong too, not to interrupt you, Matt, but I think Chris Paul's points are sitting at like 15, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like to touch his points a lot because he's kind of pick and choose when like he likes to saying, score. Like he'll come out and he'll try to show Trey Young tonight, like Absolutely. be that prototypical point guard, get exactly. your boys in the game. So yep. I can understand that. It's going to be a good battle between uh, Aiton and Capella. So honestly, Capella's rebounds right now are sitting at 10.5. I feel that might be a little bit high just because Aiton's all over the boards. One of the player performance doubles is 8 and 15 rebounds in the Suns to win. I don't think that he's going to get 15, but I think that he could get enough to make Clint Capella not get 10. So I would go under on Clint Capella and that Chris Paul um, assist line along with the Phoenix Suns money line. 
Any okay. other picks for you guys for that game, or you want to move on to something? I was just looking else. across the slate. So, Andrew, if you've got any thoughts on that specifically, go ahead. I'm going to look at FanDuel for a minute. No, I know the Warriors play tonight, but I honestly, I yeah, they're minus twelve hundred. Yeah, on I only line. I only had the, uh, the now one minus thing 11. because I have the college one. So if you guys want to continue the NBA when you wrap that one up, I'll move to the uh, college yeah, one. Yeah, I'm have. looking at uh, they actually just unlocked the Heat and Spurs. I was looking at that game as um, well. I know you you were kind of thinking about Jimmy Butler last night, and he ended up going under on his yeah. points. I think for that reason, um, I might take him over tonight. They're going to be in San Antonio. The Heat are just an absolute menace on the road. And he don't go quiet a lot. They don't. I'm looking right now though. I don't see any options for player points yeah, under that FanDuel. game because I was thinking Dejounte Murray because he's been really the only saving grace for the Spurs lately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no player props for that game. So I guess uh, I guess never mind. We'll but, just go on to the Kings Warriors if that's cool. Stay tuned for maybe some player props coming out on that later on Twitter though. Absolutely. Don't forget to follow us there at ML Madness Pod at ML Madness Pod on Twitter. Help for us grow, all your people. Plays. Good. Moving on, we have the Sacramento Kings, Golden State Warriors. That's a 10-10 start time. Man, that's yeah, that's a stinker. Um, truthfully, that's not anything I'm really interested in. Future home of Ben Simmons, Sacramento, baby. 13 oh, yeah. points is a lot, though. That is a lot. I think I'm like just as, hey, I'll throw this out there. Like Maybe I would take Sacramento plus 13 because Golden State, yes, they're a great team. Are they the best team in the league in the West at least? Yeah. Oh. Okay. But – Steph Curry's been cold as ice, right? The other day, I actually believe on the last episode, I took him to score 35-plus points, and then when I left, I was like, shit, he hasn't like made a three in weeks. So, and yeah. I'm being facetious when I say that, but the, I don't know. Maybe maybe something to consider them. Only Kings thing is 13. that the, the Kings played the Knicks the other night, and the Knicks beat them by like 16, and the Warriors are just 10 times yeah, better than that's the Knicks. A, so not a lie. That's the only thing that's making me hesitant on that. I think that if Fair you look, point. the Andrew Wiggins 20 points in Golden State to win – I had that last episode, and honestly, or I ha- I put that on Twitter, I believe, okay. and it hit, and it's just absolutely seeming like free cash. The guy is putting up, I mean, he's an all-star this season. As much as I don't necessarily agree with it, he is an all-star, so I do think that for the points that it is 20, it's only 20 points, and at plus 172, they're going to easily win this game, and if he could get 20 points, that's going to win you a nice little bag, so player performance-wise, that would probably be my pick. Um, you could also go along the lines of Clay Thompson, twenty say, points Clay. in Golden State to win, because really between him and Clay, it's going to be hot potato as to who gets hot. So, it's really pick and choose whoever you think is going to get hot that night. The Clay one sits at plus two hundred, while Wiggins sits at plus one seventy two. Personally, I would probably go Wiggins tonight, but I could totally see it going either way. So it's really just whoever you're feeling more. And even if you were looking to piece a few, like separate player props together and make one parlay for that game something i would like is just clay's points alone 16 and a half that's a fairly modest number wow like if he, yeah if, if you're gonna hit going, the wiggins if you're gonna hit the wiggins player performance you can almost throw in a straight bet uh of that clay thompson over 16 and a half points i like that a lot as well yeah. i mean it's gonna be buddy healed on him and buddy's not nec- he's a three and d guy but it's clay thompson we're talking about so somebody's I, I got a score like it's that. either gonna be yeah. curry it's gonna be wiggins or it's gonna be thompson absolutely so and curry's really- just and like you were saying he hasn't scored 35 in weeks but he hasn't necessarily had to, you know. They're still winning ball Facts. games, and he's he doesn't have to be that absolute godsend superstar. He could kind of relax for a little bit and almost cruise this next two or three months until the playoffs. Which I think that's just the absolute way to go if you're Steph Curry. You know, save your knees. Yeah, you're not wrong in all honesty because he can turn it on at, at the any given time. Like it's just it's unreal. Yeah, it's just it's insane how good that guy is. So I'm I'm picking right now the Warriors to be my 
team out coming out of the West. So before we hop into college basketball and recap our picks for NBA tonight, I just wanted to make a comment here. I'm seeing Harrison Barnes' name at the bottom of these player points here. I just feel bad for the guy. <laughs> I mean, because he had yeah, that career in – uh, he got paid a lot. Golden though, State. I mean. Yeah, he got paid, but he was like the original cast member over there. And he oh, had yeah. some years where it, before he Steph, got a ring. Yeah, I'm just saying, though, but like he was the guy at Golden yeah, State oh, for like a year yeah. or two. Then Steph came on, and then the Splash Brothers came on, and then it was like, yeah. all right, see you, Harrison. Yeah. And like that he could have he got Dallas like four and... more rings. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he definitely could have. But he wanted the money. He wanted to be that guy. Yeah, some guys will trade it for the money. Yeah, he wanted to. He chose Dallas. Okay, buddy. He chose Dallas, and he was. He kind of rotted there for a few seasons yeah. before he ultimately ended up in Sacramento. All right. All right. I just want to recap my parlay for the okay. night just so okay. I could give the people my odds because I didn't let them know what the odds are on that. So altogether, I'm looking at Lakers Clippers under of 219.5. Zach Levine over 5.5 assists. 5.5 assists. He had 9 last time they met the Raptors. DeMar DeRozan 25.5 points. I'm taking the over there. Just expecting him to have a DeRozan outing. And then Booker 29.5 points taking the over there. Boys a walking bucket. So altogether, plus thirteen forty four on the odds, four leg parlay, book it. All right. Well, I'm gonna get you a couple. I'll do this one quick. A couple of college games over the weekend, Saturday. Um, the line for these games aren't out, so most of them are just gonna be pick them. But for the Auburn Georgia game, my projection on the the line I looked at, it's like twenty five. Drill it. Georgia sucks. They're horrible. I watch them all the time. They're horrible. So Auburn going to win the game by like 30. So take Auburn. Roll and then I've got, I've got Nova over UConn. That's a battle of two Big East ranked teams. Iowa State and Texas both coming off rough losses to our rivals. Iowa State has the edge over Texas in Texas. Kansas over Baylor, both two of the best teams in the Big 12. Take Kansas in that one. That's all I have. Where's UConn ranked, out of curiosity? Number 17. Villanova is 14. They've had better days. UConn is coming off a rough loss, too. So they are probably not going. They're going to want to beat Bama. I mean, Nova, sorry, Nova really badly. But I don't see it happening. I really like this Nova team. This what year. are the odds on that altogether? Um, It doesn't come out yet. Okay. So I, when it does, I'll post it on Twitter. Sounds good. And Matt, you want to recap your NBA stuff? Yeah, pretty much my only NBA picks. I really like the Bulls tonight. Like We're talking pure value. Um, the Bulls tonight at plus 142. Along with that parlay uh, of the Suns, the player performance double, if you want to go 12 plus assists and a win, that sits at plus 158. Um, like I said, the last four games, he's averaged 14 assists. Phoenix is on fire right now. If you want to go the route of the same game parlay, uh, I'm going under on Clint Capella's rebounds. I'm going over on the Chris Paul assists and over McCall Bridges' 1.5 three-pointers made. Um, I did have a line on it, but it keeps shifting right now as FanDuel kind of is updating throughout the day. So at the end of it, before the game tonight, I will post that on Twitter along with some other plays if I find any player props you know, throughout the day coming. Uh, that was really all I liked for the NBA kind of lock-wise. I think that some of these other games, besides the Warriors-Kings, are kind of sketchy. The Heat and Spurs, I could see that going either way. The Spurs are a tough, you know, hard-nosed team. The Lakers-Clippers, absolute stinker, not interested. Minnesota Timberwolves and the Pistons, Ugh. eh, yeah. I mean, I guess you can go with some cheeky Anthony Edwards or Cade Cunningham Yeah, I was going to say, how's Cade Cunningham playing? I know he was the first overall pick. He's been okay. I mean, he hasn't been anything fantastic, but he's been he's been solid. Looking at player performance levels, he's not mentioned, so I think that he might be out tonight, actually. Okay. Um. I really 
don't like much of this. If you want to go for a player performance double in Minnesota game, I'd probably look at the Carl Anthony Towns double double in Minnesota to win. That's sitting yeah, that at plus like 138. Pick. So if we're going absolute safest bets, that's probably my pick for that game. But besides that, relatively not much player wise going on in the NBA, especially this early in the day. Um, like we were mentioning, if you guys are interested in more player props, we post them on Twitter before the game start. Um, just to kind of get you as close to the time as tip off as possible to give you the best predi uh, prediction that we can for the game. Uh, we post about four or five plays nightly on Twitter at ML Madness Pod. So make sure you guys check it out. Follow us on social media and we'll post more NBA plays there daily. Sounds good. And to add to that point, let us know on Twitter what you guys want to hear us talk about. Because if we're not covering it, we'd certainly love to cover it and get you guys involved in any way possible. Uh, with that said, we'll take one more break. And when we come back, we'll talk some NASCAR, we'll talk some golf, and we'll wrap this episode up, boys. All righty, we are back from break. Andrew, I know you're roaring to talk about some NASCAR. Yeah, so we've got the season opener this weekend, the Bush Clash, their first race at the L.A. Coliseum. Nobody knows how it's going to go, so it's very difficult to say who's the favorite. But with that, you kind of have to go with who won last year. The whole thing, NASCAR Cup Series champion Kyle, Kyle Larson, he's the best racer in NASCAR right now. So I'd probably he's probably who I think is going to win. But some sneaky picks, Kevin Harvick, he always seems to have success at these long tracks. And William Byron as well. So just quick NASCAR really bets right there. Um, now, we'll can do I those ask weekly. you, I'm, I'm completely ignorant to NASCAR. And, like, this is literally from left field. Like, what makes somebody good? So it's, it's, great question. it's your team, obviously. Your team has to invest a lot of money it's in the team car. Smart. So the reason Kyle Larson is so good, his team is the richest team. So okay. he has the best car, the best pit pit crew, everything. He's very quick. Harvick as well. He's older veteran, so he's really, really good at just overall. It's with drifting and everything. It's, it's he's a really seasoned spit in your tape. Oh, yeah. Harvick and Hamlin. He's really good with those left turns. You know like, what I mean? These guys. Nice. Yeah. They so. just got it in their blood. That's this week's next week. I don't know if I'll have one next week because the Super Bowl, I don't think they're doing anything. But then the big... The uh, granddaddy of them all, they call him Daytona 500s, coming up in a couple Daytona. weeks. Daytona. For that one. Nice. So definitely going to keep you guys updated on the NASCAR bets. Um, I'm not sure if FanDuel has it in right now to bet next week, but as it will be uh, coming in, we're going to be tweeting live lines, you know, coming at you every hour of the hour, top of the hour. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> at ML Madness Pod on Twitter. Make sure you drop a follow. Love it. All right, real quickly before we wrap up, I just wanted to talk about the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am that will be taking place this weekend. Personally, I love golf. I'm not sure if you two are so into it, but great I'll, sport. If you I, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy love watching masses. it for sure. Awesome. So right now, two guys that I'm looking at that I think have a great chance of winning this weekend would be Patrick Cantley and Cameron Tringali. The experts are picking both of these guys to take the championship this weekend. And Patrick Cantley was in the lead last weekend, actually was in the lead up until Saturday, ended up falling back a few a few spots, but ultimately he is at plus 700, Tringali's at plus 2100. I'm going to probably go with Cantley there, but if you're looking for a bigger value pick, then I would suggest going with Tringali. Both have a great chance to win, but I'm going to go Cantley just because he was in the lead last weekend and he's had great performances on the tour before. Last year specifically, he won the Zozo, he won the Tour Championship won the Memorial Tournament, and the BMW Championship. So I think he continues to keep that momentum going. So I'm going to take Cantley at plus 700 here. But again, if you're looking for real value, maybe consider Tringali at plus 2100. 
that wraps it up for me, guys. So unless you guys have any other bets you want to get out there, I think episode five is a wrap. Nah, sounds good to me. I, no, I enjoy yep. it. I think next good. week we'll be much more in-depth on the Super Bowl props and all that. Absolutely. That'll be very fun. So yeah, a lot more straight-up kind of money lines coming at you next oh, yeah. week. This is a little bit of a transition week where Absolutely. we're adjusting to kind of the season closing and getting a little bit more into basketball, college basketball, and now obviously, like you're hearing, other sports USFL. as well. So, yeah, before we start, before we end, I'm sorry, who's everybody's lock? You guys go first. It's a tough week because it's so thin. Yeah, you're probably going to have to take like a prior player prop or anything. Yeah, my lock, if I really had to pick, it would probably be that Carl Anthony Towns double-double in Minnesota to win tonight. Okay. Okay, so aside, because I know I for my NBA picks, I put together an entire parlay, but it's tough to lock on a four-leg parlay. Yeah. So out of all of those picks that I had in there, I think I would take the Devin Booker over 29.5 points against the Hawks just because he's their lead source of offense. I mean, always just because he's such a dominant player. He's got that Kobe mentality. So give me Devin Booker 29.5 points over for my lock this week. Yeah, mine's the NFC to win the Pro Bowl. Um, Dude, no, I'm kidding. On. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, my uh, my lock is you. my lock is actually Iowa State over Texas. I'm very confident in that one, and I okay. assume because that's going to be an upset, you're probably going to get good value out of that. So take that one. All right, but the NFC is going to win the Pro Bowl. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, We will be back next Thursday with another episode. This has been Moneyline Madness. My name is Matthew Cherico. This is Andrew Bacato and Steven Anderson. Have a good weekend. Peace. Go dogs.